0: Welcome to Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Today we have Sophia Stevenson. Did I just out you, or is it because you mentioned that on stage last night?
1: Is it is it a call and response moment? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. That is my real name, um, but I have a stalker, oh. which I don't know if I've told you about it, but. That's every. That's the only thing people want to talk about when they bring me on a podcast. So I prefer to keep that explanation very short. Mm-hmm. So basically, I just don't know how to handle. I don't know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> with, I don't know what to do with now having an online presence. Mm-hmm. So it's a tricky thing because he really, really wants to find me.
0: He really wants to find you. So I'm just gonna. I'm just okay. adjusting your microphone. I think that's gonna be better. Okay. Yeah. So he really wants to. Okay. Uh, how long has this been going on? Just really quickly.
1: Four and a half years?
0: Jesus Christ. No. Okay. He's
1: wanted me longer.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean-, <laughs> I mean my, As in everybody. My skin. <laughs> he's wanted oh. my skin for much longer. Um, by that I mean to make a skin suit out of me for much longer if that wasn't explicit enough. Has, um, something,
0: has something like violent or really troubling happened with this person?
1: Uh, no, really okay. troubling, yes. I had to get him arrested. Um, I went to court and I testified against him. Jesus, okay. And this so- is in Germany? No, it was in Jordan. So... Jordan the country? Jordan the country. Jordan okay. the... I never know. I just... <laughs> the-, <laughs> the-, 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 the person... The person. We did it in Jordan. Uh, the lady.
0: I have so much insecurity about my knowledge of Jordan that I just come <laughs> out with the dumbest things. Like, I don't know, like, I feel like there's a state called Jordan. No, it's just Georgia. There's the country, Georgia, there's a the state. Mm. No,
1: no, but people always feel. Uh, F- fuzzle those up all yeah, the time. Yeah. yeah, I
0: fuzzle them up all the time. Yeah, we fuzzled them up. <laughs> fuzzle them. <laughs> we fuzzled them up good. Fuzzle them hard. Um, okay, so you lived in Georgia. F- uh, jo- <laughs> you lived in Jordan for a while. Oh my God. Yeah,
1: I lived in Jordan. You lived Jordan. in Jordan. I lived yeah. in Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, for almost two years. Oh, wow. Yeah, but uh but but if it's if it's okay with you, I'd like to talk about a different chapter of I my would life love too to. because yeah. I've really because what happens is that this is such an in-depth complicated action packed part of my life mm-hmm. that if I start talking about it, we'll go down that rabbit hole all over again and it'll just be another it'll just be like the 46th episode of Pat Chats mm-hmm. like we'll just be doing okay yeah so I,
0: I'm, I, um, I'm not interested at all Sophia <laughs> okay. I, don't, I don't care about you about- <laughs> but essentially how would how would you like to be known for the podcast
1: um I can be known as Sophia Stevenson verbally okay. but written I have to be Sophia May okay so that he can't google me
0: yeah yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. I'll write it down as, uh, as such. Yeah. Easy,
1: yeah easy. And if there's any listeners who want to write a comment, please do not use Sophia Stevenson in your comment.
0: Mm. That's
1: Stevenson with a V.
0: <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so um, moving on from the whole name stuff um, we uh, <laughs> But names names have been a big topic on this podcast, actually And we were just talking about Shahak Shapira, actually That's the main reason why we're not friends anymore
1: Why you and I aren't friends anymore No, why Shahak
0: Shapira and I are not friends anymore <laughs>
1: Right, because of names mm, Ah, yeah. oh, does he know that that's why? Uh, I think he...
0: I think there's a mixed understanding of why we're not friends anymore. But uh, but yeah, the, the crunch thing was in episode, I'm not sure what number it was, but in this podcast, maybe episode 50 or something, um, we had an interaction and that was the uh, unraveling of it all. And uh, it, it, it came down to not me stalking him because of his name, nothing like that, but uh, <laughs> the pronunciation of his name and the whole oh, thing around that.
1: Wait, know. that's really, that's what it came down to is that you couldn't pronounce his name correctly? No, it really came or down to... it. you wouldn't pronounce no, his name correctly? No, I'm never malicious. <laughs> and that's the thing.
0: I like the idea, though. And that's kind like. of where his anger came from, because he almost thought that I was trying to mispronounce it. It's like, dude, we've been friends for like two years. I always say your name. I brought you up on stage so many times. And now you're saying I'm saying it incorrectly. And it's certainly not malicious. And then it was this whole thing. But it was really like that mm. was just the tip of the iceberg. There was all this other stuff brewing. And we essentially... Uh, don't agree with how we treat each other,
1: right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, it's usually like the last straw mm. is an itsy bitsy little teeny weeny straw. Yeah, and that's just the one that breaks the camel's back. Oh, yeah, that broke. That broke badly. It'd be funny if that was the only reason, though. Yeah, After that would be hilarious. Years and years of friendship. Yeah, well, two, I guess it two wouldn't. Years, would but, it be funny, or would it be?
0: Cause like we, we traveled to Italy together. Wow, we traveled to Spain really together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. We produced shows together. We did a lot of stuff together and yeah, it's a, it's a shame. It came up recently. Um, I met up with a guy that I was seeing, uh, when Shahak, like around the time Shahak and I stopped being friends and I explained the whole story to him yesterday as well. And even then actually, I think last night I, or the week before I explained the end of the friendship as well to some other people. So it's just kind of been in the, been in the air which is weird and then you bring up today as you arrive in my apartment that the first time you ever saw me on stage was you came to Glory Hole Comedy when it was Shahak Shapira and Anya and Freddie
1: yeah you know what's funny about that too was like it was an enlightening experience because you took our tickets at the door and then you got up on stage and I was like what's the ticket girl doing going on stage (laughs) And and then you started telling jokes and I was like oh my gosh the ticket girl is so funny how did the ticket girl get so funny like I had no concept. Concept for how any of it worked. <laughs> and I was like, this ticket girl. <laughs> ticket girl. She should be a comedian. <laughs> She's really
0: good. Oh my god, that's I've never thought about the sort of incongruency of like doing all the elements of the show and for people who are not used to what it's like being a, you know, a struggling well, like a, a startup comedian, let's say it's uh yeah maybe there's those different hats that we put on that's confusing.
1: I think it is because also so I saw Chris's I show. I saw Laughing Spree. That mm-hmm. was the other one that I saw when I was, uh, when I was preparing to enter this world mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was making all my preparations yeah. three years ago. Yeah. Um, it was that so he was taking the tickets too, and I remember also he got on stage. And, you know, and I was just like, when's the show going (laughs) to start? You know, like he was telling his jokes and then Dragos came up and I was just like, why are the two organizers like uh, telling so many jokes? Because I I really didn't get the concept. I thought that it was like a showcase for the the people who had like spots. And those are kind of very clearly delineated, Mm -hmm. you know, like they come up. And usually, you know, like people when they do their sets, they're they're tight, they're pretty tight, and then the person who the MC, it's you know they're doing crowd work too, so mm-hmm. it's a much looser flow. So when I when I saw that, I also I was like I had no idea what was going on there. Interesting. I really enjoyed it though. I I loved it. Yeah.
0: It's interesting, yeah. I, I do. I do usually at the start of my shows say, "I'm your host," you know, and and if they're at the door, I'm like, "I'm that. your host."
1: <laughs> I may have <laughs> done that. <but>
0: still.
1: <laughs> I was <said> too slow. <laughs> like dreamy, dreamy. The ticket Sophia. girl is.
0: The ticket our girl host. is funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny! I wonder if um, maybe I should like bring like a. Like a, a pair of, you know, like a, like not a pair of, I was going to say a pair of shoes, a pair of noses, a bit like a, a, like a different shirt. So I change how I look, you know, oh or, my gosh because yeah. I sometimes do that between my two shows on Saturday, like the early show and the late show. Cause I'm like, people are paying for the late show. So I better look good. And the early show, I'm like, whatever. But, um maybe I don't put
1: on know. some sassy leotard yeah something
0: like a disguise put on a disguise so they don't recognize me from the from the door
1: right yeah <laughs> i would be like god the host looks a lot like the ticket girl what <laughs> mm, something's going on here but i can't figure it out <laughs>
0: so <laughs> I would, you're so funny who has, who, how does
1: how do they look so similar how did they get two girls that look so alike <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. I, um, I want, like, I've been thinking, did you see my character, Frank? Um, I don't know. I guess you didn't.
1: I don't remember, like, I mean, it was so long ago, like, I remember Shaw um... (sniffs) Our Frank, sushi joke I mm-hmm. remember
0: Our Frank came about at sort of middle of the middle of last year
1: oh okay no I didn't oh, okay. see it I oh. didn't see it I was uh, I was in Leipzig mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I was out of the loop
0: that's okay yeah no, no. just yeah because um, I'm thinking because he's a character that I do It's my twin brother and so
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really like to see that
1: <laughs> is he do you really have a twin brother named Frank or did you make him did you invent him
0: um, I'm technically a twin I am a twin. I am a twin, um, but my twin died in the womb.
1: Did you and eat so I
0: survived? Did you eat him? I think technically like I've got a joke about it, like a, a bit because when I was a kid everyone used to tease me that like I ate my brother. And then an, uh, later I started thinking maybe the reason why I'm so masculine is because I ate my brother. I ate Frank. <laughs> I ate Frank. So my middle name is <laughs> so cool. is Francesca and so um, I used to have like a, I think my first Twitter name was like Frankie B or something. And so I was like, all right, my twin brother's going to be Frank. Like, of course it's Frank. And uh, and then I've always... Um, That's
1: so cute. I always
0: had this feeling that like in my past lives and in all my past lives, I was a very gay man. Um, like just like <laughs> all, a, of all of them, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and all <laughs> just this throughout time, <laughs> extremely flamboyant,
0: very and very like uh predatory, you know. Uh, and uh, and and that's to explain my rage at you know the position of women in you know in this life. My rage around, I, I think it's natural that all women are enraged at their position, but like. I feel like my rage <laughs> in my teens and 20s was so strong it was like, the only way I can explain this is that this is my first time as a woman and I'm like, how dare I have to fight against this and how dare I be um, uh, met with that attitude? and how dare I be looked at like that? And how dare I be, you know undermined like this and uh, yeah, like like put into these pigeonholes of um, expected behavior for women. So I was like, and then, you know, my, my my thirst or hunger for dick. Uh, you know, all kind of ties together. Oh, like you would have been a gay
1: man because it all, right. Yeah. Yeah, if the shoe fits, it's if the dick fits. Yeah. Right. It's like Something a glass like slipper.
0: It's like a glass slipper. Yeah. Except to it- I don't We're know dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it was just this natural thing that, like, okay, if that was what I was in my past life, and I guess my my twin would have he can be all of those things. Yeah. And this like pure expression of very aggressive testosterone fueled.
1: That's so cool. That's I mean, it's really artistic. That's kind of I mean I think that's really sorry not to be. Such not to say something so douchey. But, <laughs> but 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 something that I've realized as I've you know as I continue to write and perform is that like it is so much more of an art form than you even realize. And this like mm. this level of creativity that you're linking things together um in this like completely non unexpected I'm trying to say this in an interesting way unexpected way Mm -hmm. is I mean it's just really like it's the it's an art form and that it's funny too (laughs) like that's uh because you could I always think about this how you could find like like you could tell this story told with total sincerity somehow like Mm. there's there are new age Doofuses that are like telling a similar story, but mm-hmm. they're like, I truly was a man in my past life, and his name was Francois. Are you talking about like
0: spoken word poets? Is that what you're, are you shitting on spoken?
1: I'm just talking about like <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm shitting on anyone who sincerely believes that like uh, having a past life is
0: <laughs> like something that needs to be communicated or. Uh, acknowledged or respected or what?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Just this, like, people who are very, uh, who are very invested in the idea that they did have a past life, and they're using this to explain their whole. <laughs> this is what you're doing, but you're doing it as a joke. <laughs> yeah. So, but the people who are truly invested in it, and I know about them because I was in this Buddhist cult. Mm. We can talk about that. That's yeah, fine. that's that's, I that's do, on the table. I do
0: want to talk about that for sure. If if you're yeah, if it's on the table, that's oh, great. Oh, it's always on the table. It's always. Get it off the table, Sophia. <laughs> Get your Buddhist cult off the table. No. I'm up. Um. Yeah, we do want to. I do want to talk about the Buddhist cult. Yes. Okay. Yes. But okay. So yeah, I brought up Frank though because I was thinking Frank. when I do. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I I can't wait to. I can't wait for Frank to meet you. Um. But. Uh, uh, I
1: also think it's super cool that you absorbed a twin twin in the womb. Right. That is so cool. That probably is why you're like you're like healthy and and (laughs) healthy
0: of all of all the things you could like that's that's what it gave me health
1: (laughs) just like a sturdy you know like it just i feel like absorbing another baby like absorbing a whole baby into you Mm. like all those stem cells yeah i don't think i
0: absorbed it though i think it probably was two separate sacks separate placentas and and frank probably like left but i think there's still got to be i still believe something trained out what was that
1: frank went down the drain
0: i think frank may have been flushed down the toilet (laughs) yes but (laughs) i think there's still something like interesting at a cellular level when you do have another being of the same dna next to you and you share a space i think i do as much as like as much as i think I think uh, as much as I like the I idea of you past lives, me
1: about this a while ago, right, right.
0: But I think like if you share, <clears throat> I think there's even more scientific grounding. Like I think a past life, you can have this feeling and it's, <clears throat> but I think, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, that sums it up, right. But like actually sharing a space physically with um, another being that has your set of DNA, and then that being uh, dying, and you being right next to it. I believe like scientifically there's got to have been some kind of interaction and some kind of um, something there because like cells have memories and you know mm-hmm. and imprints and, and all of this stuff so I think I think there's got to have been some kind of effect that that situation of my existence has on me on, on the...
1: oh I think so I think yeah. so too because like Babies are super fucking cognizant. Mm. They just don't have memory, so everything just gets wiped right away. Yeah, but like, you know, if they're cognizant straight out of the snooch, Dude, that, then that just, why nah, wouldn't they be cognizant snooch. in the snooch? I,
0: I think cognizant. But is there is there um, data on babies not having any memory?
1: Well. I think it's just like common knowledge that like baby don't remember no baby don't remember no no droppy drop
0: um, But i will got a theory but,
1: yeah Well I will tell you that I have a memory from being under a year old but it's because I had an I was in excruciating pain mm-hmm. so I, I remember that wow and it, I
0: you didn't that didn't get repressed you remember the pain because it's usually because that's what I that's what I believe with um, memory I I want to hear about this but like that's what I believe about, uh, believe, believe. Okay, so I think that our memory, I, I, I don't have any of the data or any science, but my understanding based on my my conceived logic is that um, babies have memory just like we do, but there's just like, it's, you know, it's a growing um, muscle, right? But the reason why mm. babies don't really remember much is because, and the reason why babies also can't talk, <laughs> obviously <laughs> they have to learn that, but it's that, like growing that much because the level, like the, the, the rate at which they develop the amount of pain and discomfort their body must experience. Mm. Um, that, that to me would be like, that's, there's not a lot of memories there to necessarily hold. There's a lot of pain, even though they're like, la, 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 there's still like so much stretching, physical yeah. stuff happening, just discomfort that maybe Constant. the memory just right. goes, Yeah, don't need that. Don't need that. Don't need that. But Yeah, so what's your excruciating memory? Because I've got an excruciating memory from when I was, like, really... like. I want to hear yours, and then I'll tell you mine.
1: Okay, so there's a burst of light, and then... There's a burst of light. (laughs) (laughs) And then a
0: doctor.
1: (laughs) Um, No, it was that... uh, I was born Uh pigeon-toed, and... um, the doctor was like, "This is unacceptable." <laughs> so, what they did was they put little casts on me almost immediately to turn to correct my feet.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: and so that was okay. I don't remember that. I guess it was. It was. It, it felt. It felt great. Mm-hmm, uh, sure. it felt really good. <laughs> um, but then. My parents, after they took the cast off, my parents um, would have to put me in a brace to sleep in, which was basically two shoes on a ruler, two like little girl, little baby shoes that just pointed outwards to just keep training my feet. It was like a brace. It was a brace. That's what it was. And um, I said that lots of times now. Um, And so I'm pointing to my teeth. (laughs) I've got too many associations flooding in braces braces
0: (laughs) braces Mm
1: -hmm. um but uh so basically uh they did that and i just i remember having excruciating like i have a very direct memory of them putting the brace on and it just putting me in excruciating pain because you're like it's almost like what the fuck did they used to do to people where they oh like a medieval torture device where they're stretching you Mm -hmm. so um there's a name
0: for that thing but yeah yeah Yeah, that's like a. Yeah. yeah, there was a name for that. The thing with
1: the horses or the, you know. The the windy thing. It stretches you. The windy thing that
0: stretches you (laughs) out. Yeah, yeah. um, you know, the window... Uh, uh, the rolling the window the, down. <laughs> we don't know
1: what that's called either.
0: Okay. No, we don't. That's uh, a <laughs> stretchy uh, torture device. I'm going to search it. But you remember. So I remember that. And I
1: always thought that that was from a later time. I thought like, oh, they must have like... Like I knew I had the cast when I was a baby and they it's probably... the rack. The rack. Put this on. They had the, the rack. Yeah. Nice rack. Nice rack. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think... I always thought that that was a memory from later, like maybe Mm -hmm. I was three or four by then. But then um, my mom found a photo of me, and the photo's from 89, which is when I was, that's the year I was born. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the fucking brace. And I was like, how long did I wear that? And she was like, only a few months. And I was like, are you fucking serious? I was under a year old when I had that memory.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, fuck.
1: And I remember when I had that memory, I was me, like I was 100% this bitch.
0: Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. And
1: under, uh, yeah, under a year old. I was like, it was almost like the memory is not just of the pain, but it's the memory of my own identity.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, yeah, I don't have any memory. My earliest memory is that I know of, <laughs> that, that, that like I'm conscious of, is um, on the plane moving from New Zealand to Australia. And I vomited all over my father. That <laughs> <laughs> was a very specific memory because like I remember that the seats on the plane were like, a, like a train carriage seat. There were two fours looking at each other. Like, it wasn't, like, uh, just rows. It was...
1: It wasn't a train from New Zealand no.
0: to Australia. <laughs> Crazily enough, no. <laughs> but it was a different seating configuration. And I, I found out from, like, I double-checked with my crazy. mom. And she was like, yeah, yeah, that's how the seats were. And yeah. so I remember the seating configuration on the plane. I remember throwing up on my father. I remember my father, um or throwing up, and then my, my dad looking after me and taking me to the change, like, to the bath, the tiny bathroom. And... Um, wiping me down, and that was my first memory.
1: You, you guys uh, got into the Mile High Club. Oh, gross. Sorry. Oh, if if gross. I phrased it better. Sophia, you managed to make <laughs> me feel
0: gross. That's incredible.
1: <laughs> Let me try to rephrase it in a way that gets you to laugh. Um, you are laughing, but not for the reason I wanted like you to laugh.
0: Like, Oh, my God, that's horrific.
1: <laughs> that was the day you... <laughs> How do I say this? Uh, I don't know. I can't get it back now. No,
0: no, it's done. You, you did it. You did that. You did that amazingly well. But when I was out of the womb, I almost died. So like I, I came my I, like like my mum okay, so basically my mum thought she had a miscarriage.
1: <laughs> like she's got you by the tail and she's about to throw you yeah.
0: just whip Roop. you into the trash. Roop. Into the trash. Exactly.
1: <laughs> like a rat she like found a rat. in the pipe.
0: In a pipe. In the pipe,
1: yeah. I don't know. In the in the drain. In the drain, yeah. Like,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: So my mom, no, my mom started bleeding when she was pregnant with me, and oh. um, they were like, "Oh, you're having a miscarriage." They, I'm sure I've told this on the podcast before, but I'll just tell you. And so they wheeled her in, and uh, just before they went to clean her out, the nurse was like, "Have you had a scan?" And she was like, nope. And the nurse was like, whoa, okay, we're just going to get you to scan, get a scan, get a scan. And turns out she had twins and my mom didn't even know that she had twins. And I was the surviving twin.
1: So the bleed, the bleed out was... Was probably Frank. Frank.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Frank probably left. And I just got to lick, lick his remnants...
1: <clears throat> it's not gross for me. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. It just sounded <laughs> yeah for you. Me. You've got a very high. <laughs> I do. High I have a pretty high threshold. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so then, um, pregnancy went all fine from there, and then when I was born, all all g. But then, like uh, I think it was like uh, a week later, I got really, really sick, and then I was back in hospital, and they thought I was going to die, and they even had to give me as like a newborn infant a lumbar puncture, so they took fluid out of my spinal cord. Shit. Yeah. I can't
1: believe all this shit. That they do to tiny little newborn baby, like, like, right. aren't you just afraid you're gonna break it? Mm-hmm. Like it's so small. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy right. that I mean, there's so much like the care yeah. for infants, preemies. Um, were you preemie then? Mm-mm. You were no, right on time. No, I was online. late, baby. <laughs> late, baby. Nice.
0: Like a couple of days, I think, a little bit late. But yeah, but like my mum just—I remember my, my, like my mum telling me the story. She just she could hear me like the t- the doctors wouldn't let her stay in there whilst they did the lumb- like and the lumbar puncture is considered one of the most painful um, procedures like and you can't they couldn't put me under either Shit. and like yeah removing spinal uh, removing fluid from the spinal cord and yeah my mum's story is that like they wouldn't let her in and she's is that walking a spinal away.
1: Tap? Is that technically I a think spinal maybe tap? Maybe it
0: is. Like I'm doing research today. I, I'm never usually motivated to do that, but uh, lumber punch, lumber puncture procedure. I wonder if it is a spinal tap. Because spinal tap. Yeah, it's a spinal tap. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool, right?
1: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna give your baby a spinal tap. I would. Yeah, right? that would be. I mean, that's. Do you ever like? feel torn between knowing that something is, like, theoretically cool and the reality is not cool. I mean, I feel like that's what comedy is, is, like... At least dark comedy is that, like, you know that something is very serious Mm. and yet because you've found something funny about it, Mm -hmm. you just lean into that side of it.
0: Yeah, totally. And, like, yeah, like... Sadly, most of my comedy is on the dark side, or yeah, and you... and and just the it's the contrast that makes it so funny for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, like you really shocked me, <laughs> referencing my father and I, <laughs> three year old, as in the mile high That was
1: great. Vomited on yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I got him all wet. You won him. <laughs> You want him over that way. <laughs> All right, let's do it. But we're going to do it. But, but we better be fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you also have that joke about um, how your uncle took out a restraining order against you. Yeah, that is
0: a pure joke. That one is a lie. But,
1: <laughs> but the mile high thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I, could, I don't know, I'm, oh, but my I, yeah, everyone needs to put out a restraining order against my one of my uncles. No, I shouldn't say that. No, everyone's got a creepy uncle. Absolutely, yeah. mine's a great uncle. Actually, it's not an uncle. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, if it's not a creepy uncle, it's a creepy niece.
0: It's a creepy niece. <laughs> <laughs> you got a creepy niece. No,
1: <laughs> either he's got the creepy. If he's not oh, yeah. creepy, okay. if he's great, then uh, you know you're the creepy. Well. You're the creep and it's probably because he's so great you just can't
0: Keep your hands off keep him. Keep your hands
1: off right?
0: yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Incest <laughs> is hilarious, but it's just so gross. Yeah. Yeah, it's it really is. Gross. All right. So speaking of incest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <it is. laughs> speaking of incest <laughs> Tell us about the so so actually tell the, us the about first worst thing that ever happened was again yeah, no, no. Wow. Well, no. We don't do that on Well, we can do that. If you want to, but um I was gonna go into the Buddhist cult thing because like I feel like cults are you know, abuses of power.
1: Oh, totally.
0: So the first time we ever really chatted, um, we ended up talking about Buddhism quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Because I practice meditation and like, you know, some of the core the core practices of Buddhism. But mm-hmm. I like couchy and like couchy and chocolate couchy chocolate all right just referencing this guys um i got some new period pants oh and uh, and i got one pair that's got um like writing <laughs> on the on the waistband and the writing is the most white woman writing ever the words are yoga chocolate meditate mm, stretch and then couch that yeah. couch is right before yoga, so it looks like Couchy. Yeah. It's
1: really like Eat, Pray, Love, um, like Meditate Chocolate Couchy.
0: Yeah, Medicaid. medicate, no, Chocolate Couchy.
1: Medicaid, Medicaid Chocolate Couchy, exactly. That should be a name that's, for an album. That's for the upper echelon of uh, white women. Yeah, right. Medicaid
0: Chocolate Couchy. <laughs> it's the couch it's the yeah. Oh fuck! so okay so your time <laughs> medicating uh chocolatey couch chocolate couching um yeah so how long were you in a buddhist cult for
1: okay well so i was there full time for two and a half years but i joined it as like kind of someone on the out i was i was in the outer circle for seven years
0: wow that's quite a long time
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that's nine years
1: you, no, no uh in the, total it's total it. oh so sorry, it was five it's... years in the outer uh like the outer uh circle, mm. and then I got into the inner circle, and then I was in that for two two and a half years. And so, so
0: why do you call it a cult like um...
1: well, Anna <laughs> it's um. I mean, it is sort of hard to just like, it's it's hard to start to know where to start. Um, yeah. So I would say that the most obvious signs that it was a cult is that the whole center um, revolves around a charismatic leader mm-hmm. who absolutely has a very malignant narcissistic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And, um, just um is constantly treating the people who are close to her who are who are like religiously devoted to her and also her employees like they're fucking garbage. Yeah. And then all you know dangling the religion in front of them and yeah. be like like what they would do there is um so I lived at this center. Mm-hmm. It's this super beautiful center called Taramandala. You should know. You know where what it's where is that? It's in Pagosa Springs, Colorado.
0: Colorado, okay.
1: And so it's 800 acres, which is it's a fuckload of land mm-hmm. in um deep in the southwestern part of the Rocky Mountains. Okay. And so it's a 30-minute drive down a dirt road to the nearest town of two thousand people.
0: Okay, so, so very isolated. It's very
1: isolated, mm-hmm. and so the the place that it's built on is just it's in, it's wondrously beautiful. It's insane how mm-hmm. gorgeous this land is, and I mean that's what I mean, the Rocky Mountains are in, insane. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so there. So this is a Buddhist retreat center, and um, is the, it connected? Is it connected
0: to other ones around the world, or is it standalone?
1: It's standalone, but there are relationships between the teachers okay. and, you know, people come and visit. They're like, I always wanted to go to Tarmandala. i always wanted to see this.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Soltram Alioni, that's the um, the cult leader's name. She's actually quite famous okay. in the world of Tibetan Buddhism.
0: Okay, so it's Tibet. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Um, but basically what you have are, um, you've got seasonal... Staff who are people who come during the summer, they volunteer. Typically, it's just volunteers, and maybe Mm -hmm. there's like 20, 30 people. And then you have a core staff of like 10 to 15 people who live there all year round. Mm -hmm. And they live in cute little cabins that have solar power and a toilet that, you know, outside, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's very cute. Yeah. Um, And then the people who, so when you're in the outer circle, <clears throat> which is what I was for a while. So there's the people who work there in the summers; they volunteer, and then there's the retreatants who come, who are all these rich, middle-aged white people, especially white women. Yeah. Because it's um, it's a center that focuses on the sacred feminine
0: mm-hmm. of
1: Buddhism, which mm-hmm. is extremely attractive to yeah. deeply wounded women. Yeah. Women who prob- most likely have a history of abuse. Yeah. Like that's it's everyone who comes there is really lost. Yeah. But especially, it's a, it especially uh, magnetizes this kind of woman. Mm-hmm, really, mm-hmm. really wounded people. Wounded, middle-aged, wealthy, white women. So, um, and Sultram is a wealthy, white woman. So they also have this resonance with her, where yeah. they're like, oh, she just understands. Yeah. It's so hard to find a spiritual teacher who understands mm-hmm. how hard it is to be rich. <laughs> but she gets it. <laughs> and, oh god. And so um so basically um Sultram is very charismatic. She's mm-hmm. pretty like even though she's 75, she's like kind of a knockout. She's super like vibrant looking. Mm-hmm. Um she's witty and um for all these super lost women who come to her She's like the mother they always wanted, they always mm-hmm. needed, and so they project all of this fantasy onto her. And then in return, uh, also you know, also for their money, because they're you know they're paying a lot of money to take these retreats. Um, Soltram gives them all kinds of like positive reflections back, and mm-hmm. she makes them feel like they're being loved unconditionally. And so that's like the honeymoon stage. Mm -hmm. And so I was originally in that, had that relationship with her. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was a volunteer. That was the only way I could afford to be there. And then uh, the people in her inner circle, um, these people are being severely abused. Mm -hmm. And um, this is done through like, so they're her employees, but they're also her disciples and that's really tricky. And all of these people, like most of them don't have any real family. Like they're mm-hmm. there for a reason cuz they like this is their family. Yeah. So it's 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 their job, it's their home cuz they live there. Mm-hmm. It's their religion and it's their family. Mm-hmm. And so that means that a lot is on the line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you try it's so most of these people don't have good boundaries to begin with. Yeah. Like you know, they probably had whatever boundaries they tried to assert in their childhood were probably just slashed away. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, they're 65 or they're 40 or they're in their early 20s. And um, they're in this situation where they've got this boss who they never want to disappoint because mm-hmm. she's also their spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. She's also their mother. They're projecting that onto her, the mother they never had. And um, she is incredibly demanding. Yeah. Like she wants, I want it, I, you know, I want this thing that doesn't exist and I want it now. And if you don't give it to me, then you failed, you know, as a disciple. You failed in this religion. And your failure in this religion actually means that you are fundamentally selfish because what we're doing here is we're saving all sentient beings. So any failure in respect to your work or not meeting her completely unreasonable expectations reflects on um, your, reflects on your morality. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So getting sick, she doesn't like that. Then all of a sudden, you can't serve her. If you can't serve her, and she's supposed to serve all sentient beings. Then there's this ripple effect where you have harmed all sentient beings because she couldn't get her own glass of water, because, you know, she has more important things to do. She has to download wisdom. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, but even just the serving all sentient beings is like, come on, she's serving the people that are there. And like already that's uh, but like the this. ripple effect is I, that
1: they'll go on yeah. because it is such a sacred activity.
0: But then, yeah. But I mean, having it's a all that, yeah, It's having, insane. Having all that invested is so dangerous. Like you know, like fa- any 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 place where there's this love and position and like you know, uh, yeah, beliefs. I guess so. Like families or religions or whatever. It's like, such a combination of all these things, and then these people. So so, and then I suppose they they can't like getting out of there must be super hard because every all of your sense of self worth and purpose is tied to it.
1: Yeah, and um. There's a very sophisticated, she has a very sophisticated intuition for how to completely destroy whatever self-esteem this person came with. Ugh. So like,
0: um, I mean, this. it's really
1: incredible. Like everyone gets their own tailor-made abuse because yeah. she knows what triggers everyone. Um, so I have my best friend, who's like my sister, she was there uh, for a year. Mm-hmm. when I was there and uh, she was so I was the assistant to the leader mm-hmm. and uh, right before that my friend was the assistant and my friend left because she had to go to a mental hospital Fuck. because she was so destroyed by this woman Fuck. she she was molested by a nun there and then Soltram, um, basically just told her that she was projecting and they decided to protect the nun and just like let the nun like the nun was like, It's your karma, that's why I did it to you. Like it was what? fucking insane. And so my friend, who was only nineteen, just had a total mental breakdown. She started self harming. She didn't know what to do because she she had also been abused when she was younger, and mm-hmm. like this just fed into it and it was a nightmare. So she oh, she God. went to a mental hospital for months after being there.
0: Yeah. Crazy. So then yeah. what what happened? So you got out after two, two, two and a bit years in, the, in yeah. the, as the assistant or within the inner circle. And then how did you get out?
1: Well, so, um, so I was super invested because I'd spent five years like on the outer circle yeah. trying to get in. So and volunteering
0: Soltron. and just for the summers or something and then trying to get in.
1: Right. And I was on Soltram's good side. Like she, you know, she wined and dined me. She was so fucking sweet. I have a terrible family. So for me, it was like, oh, look, I finally have people treating me right. Mm -hmm. This is where I want to be. This is what I want to commit myself to. And then when I moved there to be her assistant, um, the first thing that happened was um, I asked her the wrong question. Which was basically before that we had a very fun girly girl talk relationship, and she'd tell me about like whatever man she was seeing after her husband died, and this and that. And when I started working for her, I asked her, "Are there any men in your life?" And she was like, "You don't get to ask me that." And then I was hazed for six months straight, which means that she wouldn't talk to me, even though I was her assistant. And I guess that she she told everyone in the community not to talk to me, so I was. Completely isolated and treated like I was fucking garbage and like I didn't deserve to be in this religion and I didn't deserve anything and I almost had a mental breakdown it was really scary six
0: months of that
1: yeah and I was only 23 we're in the rocky mountains you're all fucking alone yeah and all these people who you thought were your friends and family just won't talk to you anymore and they won't explain it
0: and so what 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 like switched what how did it get out of that six months of, of the well, isolation
1: well what happened in that time is that they uh they broke me and once I was broken then they were willing to um then then they were willing to have a relationship with me once I my spirit mm-hmm. was broken once I had completely once you had desperate for- myself and I was like whatever you want is right like I stopped standing up for myself I was abused in the job by her executive assistant, who basically just was supposed to train me but refused to. And so when I'd ask her questions, she'd scream at me. When I try to figure something out on my own, she'd scream at me and accuse me of being arrogant for trying to do something without knowing how to do it. She she literally shoved me. She I mean, I've gone a long way since I was 23. but mm-hmm. um, Uh, All the defenses I had were just like, they tore them to shreds. They wanted to make sure that they were very offended by um, any sense of self-worth that I had coming in there. And they labeled it as arrogance. And so once I was completely castrated, declawed, then I was suitable to Mm -hmm. have uh, human interaction with. And by then, I was just a shriveling little mess.
0: And then you stayed for another year and a half. Well, so they kind of like,
1: what they did was they put me, the message they continued to send me, and I mean, very overtly was, you get treated this way because you're so bad at your job. (laughs) And so I was convinced it was my fault. And then basically, I did everything I could to be the fucking best at this job. And it took me a year until I was at the point where I was like, I'm incredible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And once I was incredible, I did get a lot of positive attention from Mm -hmm. Mm Soultrim, but I realized it was kind of bullshit. Like once Mm -hmm. I got it, I was like, "This is what I've been trying to get the whole time." Like this is, it's like in Mean Girls when she breaks the crown at the end, Mm -hmm. she realizes it's just plastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she Mm -hmm. realizes that the whole, uh, the whole, it's just a a whole delu. It's Mm -hmm. an illusion illusion. that Mm -hmm. this is something that you want to achieve. Yeah. And so I realized that um, this woman was empty
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that her love was empty. And it was mm-hmm. from that moment, because I knew it wasn't me anymore. I yeah. knew that I'd done everything right. And if this and I would had gotten it and it was cheap. And then it was a gradual process of just of dis- becoming increasingly disillusioned and realizing like this is insane. You can't you can't win this game and then I'm
0: so happy that, <laughs> that happened then yeah.
1: thanks <laughs> thanks no i mean i'm a boss bitch because yeah you are uh, i don't know i don't know anyone who stayed there that long who got out mm. like people come and they're like oh this place is fucked up like if you're healthy enough to not be exploited Then you realize it's fucked up immediately. You get the fuck out of there. Yeah. But people like me who had like a background in like really, really tragic stuff, you know, you don't, you can't identify that stuff because all all that stuff seems super normal to you. Yeah. So the fact that I went in so deep and I was able to wake up and be like, oh, fuck, this is
0: yeah that's this is crap that's exactly because you know that, that those first six unusual. months to not be able like to to deal with those six months and then to have that but then to then have that next stage of going this is all it's for and uh, there's nothing like what and then seeing it all that's um that's that yeah that, that sounds extremely remarkable
1: thank you i'm it, really remarkable you are you are.
0: <laughs> you are you <laughs> are <laughs> truly that's a it's a really interesting um story and it's so great that <laughs> you were able to get out and then yeah and then and what was your first what was your first move getting out like uh, what did you do
1: well um the year before i left uh, this ex-boyfriend of mine came back so i had met him years before when i was a volunteer and he was like oh so handsome
0: <laughs> so I love being superficial. Like sometimes just attractiveness is so much.
1: It's so much. It's so much. Yeah, I mean sometimes it's all you, it's really the only thing you care about. You're sometimes. like it doesn't shh just just let me just let me enjoy <laughs> what you look like. Um Right. But he he's also a beautiful person, but um he he was at Taramandala volunteering, and then he a few years later he came back and volunteered, and because he was never brainwashed, he was always a Zen guy, so he mm-hmm. was always kind of he had a healthy distance from it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind uh, you of call him
0: just a Zen guy?
1: You, well, he was a part of Zen. He was in, <laughs> in Zen, Zen Buddhism, Buddhism so yeah. that's how he found his way there. But ultimately, never drank the Kool Aid.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and he himself was like pretty disillusioned by Zen. But he'd Mm -hmm. had a good time in Taramandala. So that's why he returned Mm -hmm. at a time when he was transitioning. And then he and I made, we developed a really close friendship because we weren't trying to get together. And then we fell in love. Mm -hmm. And then um, we got together in a serious way. And he wanted to leave, and I was like, oh my God, thank fucking God, get me out of here. And mm-hmm. then it was so, so it was, it was really like, it was a very graceful way to exit. Nice. Was that I was just leaving with my boyfriend. And the way I quit, though, because it is scary to confront this leader. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the only thing that makes them not a cult is that you do get to leave, but they will you know, they will use manipulations Mm -hmm. to try to make you afraid to leave. Yeah. So like for me, my self-esteem was so dangerously low, I just thought even though I want to leave, I'm afraid that no one will ever employ me, that I'll never be able to do anything, I'll never be capable, and so I have to just stay here because like I'm such a piece of shit. (laughs)
0: That's,
1: you know, that's what Sultrum taught me. So, um...
0: This is the only thing I can do when I worked so hard to get this and, you know, yeah. Right. I'm
1: really good at pouring water.
0: Yeah, I bet.
1: That's what she would say. I do. (laughs) No, this was a part of her gaslighting is that I would, like, my job was, it could be very complex. Like, I'd have to organize huge events and then at the same time I'd have to perform a funeral ritual because that schmuck died and, like, all of these ritual things and, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I was, I mean, I was, like, kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. And then when I do that stuff... She would be like, yeah, well, anyone can do that. And then when I would um, fold her laundry, she would be like, you're so good at laundry, oh my gosh. She'd be like, you're the best at pouring water, Sophia.
0: Uh, so, like, this made
1: me feel like the only thing that I, that has value is just doing menial labor. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, she's very good at what she does. Credit to you <laughs> <laughs> if you're out there.
0: Yeah, I'm going to get you to write down the name so I can put it in the thing so it's searchable. Yeah, um, that would be great. Yeah, 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 That definitely. would definitely be fucking great. Yeah, definitely. That's crazy. And so then you left with this boyfriend and then you started a life outside of outside of buddhism and outside of what did you do like you
1: um well i had this kind of uh like instinct for personal assistance because mm-hmm. that's what i did with soltrum mm-hmm. um and so the bay area is a pretty so we went to the san francisco area mm-hmm. and um there's a lot of ceos and rich mm-hmm. people who don't want to um, pick up their kids from school mm-hmm. or uh, manage their own calendars. Oh, totally!
0: I was an executive assistant once.
1: Oh, you know what? You know what's up?
0: I know what's up. I'm not. I'm not a good executive assistant. <laughs>
1: That's good. That's good because it requires like part of why I was so good at it is that I learned through being with Soltrum how to reflect back, how to always reflect back a positive version. Mm -hmm. of the narcissist to themselves. Mm -hmm. So they say something shitty. Like, Soltram once turned to me and asked, why is Tara so fat? Which is just, like, our friend in the community. And I was just like, well, I think that she's actually... You know she's really fit, and maybe you don't understand. You know, maybe it's just that you have a different perception. Like just mm-hmm. always making sure that they don't have to be confronted with how ugly they are. <laughs> anyway, I'm re- I was really good at that, and so this translates very well. I think it's also well negating yourself.
0: Like it's also negating yourself. Like for me, yeah. when I was an executive assistant, it wasn't so much. Uh, my boss was amazing. It was my stepdad. Like he, a great guy, great guy, love him to pieces. There was zero. Um, bad stuff, but it was just the actual job of, uh, dealing with him and his team and his team would treat me like I was just like their assistant, which, okay. But it was the, the way they would talk to me and it was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, uh, like I, I didn't understand how anyone could talk to anybody like that when we're working in a team together. And so, and also just being constant, always available and always taking responsibility for needing to do like the next like to preempt everything but it's like so it means like you you're never yeah, off exactly. yeah. you're never off and uh right because even
1: when there's nothing to do you have to have already thought of what the next thing will be yeah, yeah yeah
0: and that's me that's and that's going so deep into someone else's calendar and it's like look i you know i can preempt a few things but like to just be on call if something goes wrong when they're overseas here, and you know if something goes wrong here, and if something goes wrong here, it's like far out. That's so much like I don't know if it's a healthy job for anyone to oh, do to be a I personal assistant. I don't think assistant.
1: so. I think it's a really degrading position to be in. It's extremely degrading.
0: Yeah, I, I, my stepdad never treated me badly, but being in that position, like the way my mum, my mum treated, like my mum would call me and she'd want me to be both daughter. And her husband's assistant, and so it would be like chatty, 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 and then like, oh, you know, does Charles have time now? Does Charles have time? now? And it's like, <laughs> uh, ha- do you know about what's happening with this with this deal, or are we going to be going to Dubai? And I was just like, okay, so you're wanting me to now do what? Okay, so I can, you know, and and like, you know, I don't think my mom had any. There was no maliciousness, but it was a very uncomfortable position for me to be in, trying to trying to balance both of those things, and then, yeah, just like. It was just you're never yeah, it's just you're never off and No,
1: you're never off. And it, it really I mean, I think it really takes a psychological toll on you.
0: And I think it's the, the it's the the reward system that was flawed for me. Like I didn't I didn't ever feel like I was doing I was never doing enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: Ever. And I feel like a personal assistant, maybe for it to be a healthy uh, job um Uh, position uh it's like okay you do this like you do calendar and you do flights and you do accommodation and you do this and then i you know like it should just be a call and response thing like it shouldn't be preempt everything yes yes it should be can you do this for me can you do this for me it's like
1: assisting on steroids yeah like it's almost like someone realized at some point it was like some it was obvious definitely a narcissist who was Mm. just like well shouldn't she just know what i want and then that became the expectation. And then yeah. I caught, it caught, you know, it was like a... F- it caught fire everywhere. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, that's that sounds fucking great. I'd love to be a little baby and have someone just know when to burp me.
0: Yeah, exa- and that's exactly it. And I think, you know, be a personal... Like, like have a personal assistant, but know that your, your job having a personal assistant is to ask them to do the things. They need right. to do it well and to, like, make it as little work as possible. But you need to ask them to do the thing.
1: Right, right. And <laughs> if it's a normal thing, like you yeah. keep doing that or... I mean, there is something, like, I, I do um I do a bit of personal assistance for this woman I used to work for in the Bay Area because she pays me very well, mm-hmm. and she really fucking appreciates me. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if she sends me work, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really good, like, I can think of shit that she hasn't thought of because I know how her whole world works, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. also makes me invaluable. Mm-hmm. And there is something cool about, like, if you're being compensated well and you're being treated well, then there is something like, oh, look at how... uh look at the like kind of my clever, my savvy Mm -hmm. about orchestrating all these different aspects of another human being's life. Mm -hmm. It kind Mm -hmm. of feels cool.
0: Totally. And actually with my current job as a nanny, because I got such a sweet deal that, you know, when we signed the contract, it was supposed to be every week and then the dad repaired the relationship with his ex-wife. And so then all of a sudden I'm only looking after the kids every second week, but he didn't want to change my contract. Because he wanted me to feel secure because it took him ages to find me. So I've been getting paid for a full salary, but only working every second week. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it, it means so much. That, I'm sure that yeah. you you oh, love your job. I do.
0: And I love it. And because of that, I do do as much as possible so that to reduce any kind of time he needs to spend liaising with me or like, so like I'll do the minimum. Bare- it's like, you know, I... So I'll make sure I buy enough, you know, like I'll do the groceries and I'll and I'll cook the things and I'll and I'll I'll make sure, you know, like the after dinner that, you know, there's like I I just don't want to create any mess or I don't want to create any situation where it's an inconvenience to him. And uh, well, that's yeah. just
1: reciprocity, which is it is, which is respect. The basis is. of that is respect. Yeah,
0: it has also, however, put me in a little bit of a position where I feel a little bit like uh, if I want to ask for something, because I have every second week off, and then they go for these huge holidays during the the break, the school breaks. Like for example, you know, uh, I wanted to visit my parents, and with COVID and all these things, I ended up needing to take off a week you know, that I would be working. And it's like, I've got every other week that free. So I felt very guilty about Mm. that. And then I got booked for some shows in Switzerland and it's at the end of the month and it's right before the summer holidays. But it's like, it's like five paid gigs in like five days. So I'm like, I just got given this. So I'm like, I want to take this. And it just happened. You know, I don't take any holiday days. You know what I mean? And I haven't taken, but so there's there's then there's this fucked up guilt. Is it
1: because it feels like you're somehow indebted to him for his... Extremely generous. Exactly uh, the the generosity of the security that he offered yeah. you when he didn't have to. Yeah, yeah, that's tricky. Because so what you're yeah. doing, there's nothing wrong, obviously, with what you're doing. Because nevertheless, life calls. Mm. You got to answer the phone. Exactly, and that's. I think he probably. You
0: think he understands? I think he. I think he does, and also like the position that I'm in. Okay, yeah. Because that be-
1: wasn't. Mm-hmm. Sorry, because just to say, like, unless he's a super unreasonable person, the agreement you have isn't you will always be available for us because we are paying you and expect so little mm-hmm. that wasn't the agreement the no. agreement is still like yeah. if anna ha- like i mean that just would be insane yeah
0: and, and that's and that's what i had to keep telling myself when i was asking about you know this week where i've got these these shows um in switzerland i was like anna, it's like it's you know you never take like I'm entitled to take holiday days just because he gives me all this time off. That doesn't mean I can necessarily take my holidays when he takes it. Like ah, I just have to keep telling myself like, you know, it's okay. Like I ask for very little and like I'm always available, but, and this is my right contractually, but I still felt so guilty. So it's like, anyway, I'm very, very grateful. But, um, you know, the, yeah, there's that thing of being remunerated so well. So you go above and beyond, but then also the guilt you know, when you you're paid so well of needing to right. meet this this expectation you put on yourself.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh that is a slippery slope when yeah. you feel yeah, when when the act of generosity makes you feel like yours now you now you owe something. Yeah. Yeah. But that that sounds like a good thing to unpack.
0: Mm. Yeah. Because
1: because it doesn't mean that. It's a bit like when a man buys you dinner,
0: yeah.
1: and then you feel like you are obligated to have sex with him. But I imagine that you don't feel that way when a man buys you dinner. You're just like, nope. That the deal was that I'd eat it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That's what the deal. That's was. all the deal is. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you'd buy it. I'd eat it. Yeah. And then, and we have completed that part of the deal. Sex is something different, and yes. I think that's what this is like.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I need to, I need to, yeah, because it kind of, it's, it's carrying in a little bit into the space and I don't like bringing that, those feelings into the space. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah sure. Then
0: it, it's stress. Yeah, it's stressful. It is, yeah. Um, <laughs> You're so generous. I'm stressed out. Okay. Yeah. mean, <laughs> what's <laughs> up with that <laughs> All right. You need to cool
1: it on your uh, benevolence.
0: Right. All right. So, um, should we talk anything filthy before we wrap up so that we can go to a show?
1: Yeah. Fuck yeah.
0: Yeah. Why do you want to talk filth wise? Fuck. What, what's filthy? What what do we... What do we... Uh... <sighs> I don't know. I mentioned that I, I, I went home with a very beautiful man the other day. Good for you. But like I literally like took him to his house and then we just slept <laughs> next to each other.
1: Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's, that's nice. Because yeah. so, that's... I mean... This isn't my joke, but sometimes a conversation can be just as fulfilling. That's <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <But laughs> Sam Rell's joke. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a joke. You're dealer. not. A, no, you're not I a I love thief. Sam Rell. Sam
0: Rell. Um, I'm no, a quoter. I'm a joke quoter. You're a joke quoter. Yeah, that's important. It's a point distinction. The thing is with this guy, like, uh, he was really sweet. He gave me a toothbrush. We made out for ages. He then, um, uh, we slept next to each other in the morning. Uh, he was like, oh, you know, um uh he, he got up and had a shower and then he's like oh do you want a shower and I was like oh, I definitely smell <laughs> he was like no I don't mean that I was like oh no I probably have to go anyway I've got a show I need to do and so I got ready and then um I got dressed and he was like you don't have to leave so soon I'm like I have to actually mm, and then um
1: a gentleman
0: yeah and then and then he I was like um Uh, All right. Well, I guess we'll say goodbye. Uh, And he was—he was like, "Well, do you want to come?" He was like, "Well, we didn't really do everything we wanted to do." And I was like, Mm -hmm. "Yeah, you're right. We didn't have sex." He was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Well, do you want to come over after your show?" And I was like, "Sure." Uh, Do I have your number? And he was like, "Yeah, I called you last night." I was like, "Yeah, my phone was dead, but now we we chat. Like, I'll check, and I got his number, and then kissed goodbye, and then I texted him after my show, and he's never responded." (sighs) <sighs> which is fine which is fine but i'm like i'm trying to piece it together i'm like because he was so beautiful like yeah. like what happened in the club was that i was dancing with this other guy that i was like ah, oh, this one's good enough and then i saw this guy across the room and i just like beeline to him yeah
1: yeah yeah that's i totally have ditched the cute nerd for the modelly fuck boy i'm just like excuse me just a second
0: yeah <laughs> straight there and then yeah. like chatting 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 <laughs> I think we went to the bathroom together, made out, and then like came back out, and then I found my friend. <laughs> it
1: would be funny if you were like went to the bathroom together, peed together, <laughs> and then like like yeah, uh, you know like between each other. Between like, each other. I mean, and, he's <laughs> the and we're, like, like looking at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Never breaking eye contact or smiles. Smile. <laughs>
0: that's so beautiful. That should be a scene in a movie. That really should be yeah. a scene in a movie. Like a real movie, not just a like a porn. Like I think that should be yeah, a real yeah, movie. No, yeah. That's
1: definitely what I was thinking. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was really beautiful. Like, you know, when you just like, like pheromones and physicality and I was just like drawn to him. He was so beautiful. So I'm like, what happened? Like, was I smelly? Was I like, did he see that I wasn't like clean shaven downstairs? Because I woke up completely naked and it was like, oh yeah. And he was just wearing his boxer shorts. But I'm like, what what was it like?
1: Well, I think, okay. I have two, I have two, um, here's my two cents. I, I love, have two cents. I love, I love, I love your cents. Um, one thing is that I've noticed that in this town, um, a man showing loads of interest in you don't mean Jack squat. <laughs> it's like from, let's say it's a guy, it's, it, you're at the club and you're dan- he makes eye contact with you from across the room. You go ping and you go get it. You, you jump over to him and uh and then you dance together it's sensual and he says you're lovely you're hot and then all of a sudden he's back talking to some other chick like there's that version there's mm-hmm. a version where you go home together mm-hmm. and he's just like oh this is so great like i really like this you know like you're significant <laughs> and then and then never reaches out to you i mean yeah. there's so there's many so versions many- of this exact it's not i really think it's not you mm-hmm. I think that this is just a particularly rampant toxic kind of person here. And then the modely mm-hmm. fuck boys, mm-hmm. I have so much experience with this because I unfortunately um have standards that are unreasonable and so I'm always just like no, I won't settle for anything less than model like it they, they has to look like a model otherwise it's it's. has I don't love it
0: okay. I'll be honest though like my standards are very different to I think probably your standards like my idea of attractive like I would not call this guy a model fuck boy uh, he okay. was just like super my type like just like somehow oh, like that's why he's the beautiful. eyes the hair Just like, what you want. black curly hair these deep eyes there was just like something it was mainly the eyes and then like oh. you know when he got out of bed I was like oh yeah it's nice you know like everything's nice not particularly tall <laughs> not, not particularly anything nice. <laughs> like a nice just, just like a really hot really and he had a really nice voice too like the way he spoke oh, English great, and the huh? way he spoke German it was just like everything about him yeah. so I was like maybe I don't know if it was me if like there was another thing that came into my head it was like I, he said he wasn't able to have sex with me
1: right
0: like when we're fully like when we're kissing in bed okay. and I it just was it was because
1: it was a performance issue that's why you did yes
0: yeah well that's what he said okay and I'm like, maybe he's got a small penis and he'd like to get to know me. Or mm-hmm. he's got a girlfriend.
1: Mm, that girlfriend thing is real.
0: Yeah, it is real. You, you, you know it. It's a bit late for that.
1: <laughs> no, I think I've been on the side the whole time. So hopefully...
0: Hopefully. I, the recording hopefully looks pretty good. Hopefully
1: you caught the side of my voice.
0: I think we you got, got it. the side
1: of my story. The side, One like, side of my story. One anyway. side at
0: least. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because you, you had a situation recently where... Yeah,
1: that was super annoying, but really like, okay, here's the story. Um, I went to the club because the club. The club <laughs> I, I really needed to get some dick yeah. because of medical problems. Medical, I had medical horniness, Fuck yeah. really high level you of horniness. You had that sex for how long? Like three and a half or four months. Yeah. Um. Not since the end of January, and uh, so like I was really like, phew, like I was like an animal in heat. Just rrr. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> like I, it was literally like I felt like I needed to go to a doctor in eighteen ninety. For him to like cure my hysteria with him a like, with, with a machine with you know. a machine yeah with your the, vagina yeah with a vibrator <laughs> um, and so I went to the club and that was really my goal like yeah. I really had my eye out and then um, I ended up I felt that I made the good the healthy decision of going home with the nerd is is what I call anyone with glasses. <laughs> 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 he was but he was he was really cute and he yeah. was really nice and it was just the easiest connection. Yeah. And that I feel like is that's the healthiest one to choose. Yeah. Totally. And it, it just felt totally. it just felt good, didn't feel like there were any games. And uh so I we made out and then I took him home and then we fixed and then it was good. It was really good intimate mm-hmm. and uh and like human and like connected, mm-hmm. which is You know, that's not that common for strangers, so I really appreciated that, and he expressed really appreciating that. And then uh, in the morning, I was super tired and just, like, wanted him to go so I could sleep, and I was like, but can I get your number? And he was just like, no, no, no. And I was like, that's a very weird reaction for someone who just had such a good time having sex. Wouldn't you want to have sex again? And he was yeah. like, well, I have a girlfriend. And <laughs> and their deal is that they were, they had just opened up the relationship after four years of monogamy to experimenting with other people, which means that they can just have one night stands and then no contact. Um and he didn't realize that he had to tell that he should tell me. Um, But the reason that there was no collateral damage is that I processed how I felt about it super fast. So I just instantly moved my face away from him, sat up, covered my naked body (laughs) with my sheet. Like, you don't get to look at this. And then um, he went to the bathroom. And by the time he was out of the bathroom, I was waiting outside and I was just like, this is super fucked up. Mm -hmm. I don't like being treated this way. I wouldn't have slept with you if I'd known that this was, like, I was a single-use pussy, mm-hmm. that, you know, that I would have no contact with you, like, I probably, probably nothing would have happened between us anyway, but, mm-hmm. like, that it was completely closed from the get-go is not something I would agree to, and, yeah. uh, and get out. Yeah. And so, it felt High great. Five, baby! Yeah! Yeah. Yes. yeah! Yeah! So, the thing is, is that because, you know, it didn't, because I did, I didn't lose like a second. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't lose my traction. I just like, like I, I acted instantly. He treated me badly. I blocked it. No collateral damage. Yeah, I feel that I learned something. I didn't know that that could happen. Like that's never happened to me before. Especially, not not what you'd expect from the nerd at the Uh, club.
0: Yeah, no, I... The Glasses don't mean anything. Oh, my God. I I dated... This this nerd fucks. I didn't even think about me wearing glasses. (laughs)
1: I know. I know. I'm really like, uh, I like learned all my lessons from like teenagers in 1957.
0: Like I'm weird. I was was actually thinking of this one guy that I, I met up with from Tinder and, um, we had this really nice walking date and he's the, he, I'm not sure if you know my bit about, um, come on tits. Do you know that bit? I might. Okay.
1: Do we carry a jargon? No, I'm not I'm like, gonna okay. do that. But <laughs> you don't get it for free. No. <laughs> she doesn't give it up for free. That's it.
0: That's it. That's a reference to the fact that coke um, for joke. On that, so yeah. Joke, yeah. Joke for coke. Joke for coke. Yeah, I, um, I did a joke for a line of free coke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty great trade. Although I do think your jokes are worth more than. A, a line of coke, coke. Yeah, yeah I agree I should
0: have got a got a gram yeah.
1: <laughs> you should have gotten a whole mule yeah. I guess it depends on the joke
0: like if he laughed yeah, like he, and he fully laughed out loud like he laughed really loudly to like uh, I think I gave him two punchlines
1: that's such a great trick to have up your sleeve it's like if you if you're caught driving without your license you could be like okay I don't have my license but I can tell you a, a joke, joke.
0: <laughs> that I wrote myself <laughs> that
1: I wrote myself right You won't hear it anywhere else.
0: Except on YouTube. (laughs) On my shows.
1: I can tell you a joke about come on my tits. Is that that? that something you'd be interested in?
0: (laughs) But it's hard when you tell someone a joke like not on a stage and just like, um, like it's hard to get the right, because a stand-up comedy joke is very different. On stage to off stage and getting someone to laugh and um,
1: well also you know. there's you on stage you do a lot of preparation and setup yeah exactly for you know mm-hmm. you build an atmosphere around each joke and yeah like they you know they sort of they'll snowball into each other exactly. If you're,
0: And it's the expectation and it's the whole like atmosphere of it. Right. And so getting someone to laugh at your stand up joke off stage in a toilet cubicle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I feel like Louis' airplane bits could do that. They're kind of, they kind of stand for themselves, right? Yeah, they stand alone. They stand alone. Yeah. (laughs) An airplane joke. I mean, anything that starts with, what's the deal? Because that's that's something where people are already laughing because they're like, it's very, you know, it's a shtick. It's like, oh, she's like, like they're doing stand-up exactly right
0: exactly any one of those sticks yeah like i like i've got one um why did the chicken cross the road joke that i i like quite like why, why did the chicken cross no it's actually it's, it's the same format it's, uh, why did the viagra cross the road to fuck that sexy chicken <laughs> Joke that's you told. Joke. No, that's not the joke <laughs> <That's all. great. laughs> I love it. I love nice sexy I <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a I classic. <laughs> classic
0: I really, when I wrote that, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Diggity. laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god!
0: All right, let's get ready for this show. I don't know when signups start, but let's see if we can make it.
1: I think signups go from. We'll have to check it out, but I think it ends at eight twenty. Oh sign-ups. shit! Okay. Um, I feel like maybe do we want to say something? Any kind of?
0: Do you want to plug something? Uh,
1: pl- plug something. Um, God, I'd love to plug. Um, okay, I won't do that. <laughs> I won't plug that. No, but specifically, what um, would you like to plug? <laughs> i don't know because when will this air
0: tonight tomorrow tomorrow morning. oh
1: really that soon okay mm-hmm. um
0: i don't edit shit
1: i don't really i mean i'm doing yas queen on june 8th
0: june 8th june 8th yas you queen. can see me
1: there um uh i'm doing kieran's show i don't know what that's called though at rataputs
0: oh ah, yeah on june 14th mm-hmm. june Ratsaputs. 14th do you know Ratsaputs? what the show is called no, nah. <clears throat> but I did it. I did the first one. My face is on the, on the banner. <laughs> Very big. I'm like,
1: oh. I think I saw that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm doing, uh, on Thursday, I'm doing Joke Wars.
0: Oh, nice. Joke
1: Wars is uh, is at Caracas, I think.
0: I love Joke Wars, and, yeah. Uh, and it's Sophia Maybe on on Instagram, right?
1: Yeah, it's Sophia Maybe. Oh, I don't know how many whys are in that. I think if you or search it's, that, no, it be fun. It's, it's M's. It's lots of m's. Lots of m's. So just Sophia, and then start typing m's, and Sophia with an f. Start typing m's, and it. Sh- Google should help you out with the rest.
0: Yeah, it, Instagram even. Exactly. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, it was really great to do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been very fun. I feel like there's a whole lot more that we could uh, dig out another time. But yeah, um, I'd love
1: to. I mean, I feel like if if this. If you reference the cults, there's more I'd like to say about it because Mm. they'll they'll most likely retaliate. They're they're not a very they're not very peaceful Buddhists.
0: I'm I'm pretty inconsequential, but it would be very cool if something happened. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah, let's. Like Here's what I bet they would them. do.
1: Here's what I bet they would do, because now they know that I have a stalker and they know that I don't want my name online. They'll start posting information about me mm. uh, so that he can find me.
0: I like how you're giving them what they should do.
1: Well, I think that I'm already, uh, <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I was thinking that I was, uh if they do this, then they will...
0: Now they'll feel unoriginal. They'll feel unoriginal. Yeah. yeah. And that's going to really hurt. That's worse than that's anything. That's so much worse. <laughs> oh, my God. Who wants to be unoriginal? And they'll seem petty. Yeah. They will totally. seem very petty and vicious. Also, that's like super fucked up anyway to do. But okay. Yeah. F- oh, it would be insane, right? Yeah, that would be so fucked <laughs> right. up. Oh, my God. All right. Cool. Well, that has been Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Thanks so much, Sophia. Um, uh, see you soon and goodbye. Goodbye. Ooh, I really hit that.